everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Adopting Wellness. I'm Katie. And I'm Laura. And we are super excited because it's literally the end of the year. Yay. What yeah. do you think about that? It's Laura? almost the end of NOM. Oh, oh my gosh. I know. Almost the end of NOM, which... How has how has Nam been for you? I blocked it out mostly, <laughs> except for my friends that are putting in effort to write posts. I really do try to read them, but for yeah. me, it's different when I have a relationship with those people versus people I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's very different. It's like when Patrick writes something or Susan writes something or Emily or whoever, right? Like, I'm like, okay, I know this person by now. Like, I'm invested in. Oh my God. Alana's posts have been incredible. I mean, yeah, Katie, everything you've done, I know you've, you've pared it Lord. down and not done a Very lot. Very kind. Very kind. I've no, done but three. I mean, <laughs> I've done zero. I did one introduction uh, just as like obligate obligation, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. How has it been for you? Uh, it hasn't really been a huge part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. In the last month. And you know, remember, remember in the height of COVID and I mean, I don't know what, what the community was doing before that, but we're losing our we, dang minds. I know like we were, that was, that had to have been a peak time oh. for adoptees joining Instagram yes. or finding yes. the adoptee community online. And it was the wild, wild west of so much content so much storytelling competition like weird things a little bit of competition yeah Uh uh-huh yeah it was it was a little weird uh at times and and now um as we as we know and see that kind of mentality of uh like a sprint is right. not not sustainable. No. Has to be kind of a marathon training, slow burn, yeah, type of thing where it's it's something where for me I especially what 3 years later from COVID, I'm very very conscious of the fact that even if I'm not consciously thinking about how hard it is to write or hard it is to kind of hone in into what I've experienced in my life. And a lot of it is, um, you know, either traumatic or just hard yeah. to process. Yep. I, I need to be able to take that and, and take a lot of pauses and also say like, this is enough. Yeah. Um, I don't yep. have to share everything. I don't have to share all the time. I don't even have to share it all. And um, just reminding myself, because again, like I've talked about this before, this disconnect between my mind and my body. Yeah. And so fully knowing that I have to acknowledge that I can't always just barrel through no. and put out so much stuff. And you uh, shouldn't have for to. the sake of that. Absolutely. You should not have to barrel through. And in fact, 
I would argue that many of us barreled through our whole lives and we don't need to be doing that in what, what should be my hope for people is the adoptee verse online is a safe space. So in a safe space, please don't push yourself past what you feel comfortable doing. Yeah. And even, even if you do feel comfortable, just being aware of, you know, how your body is feeling and how your mind is feeling. What are your emotions? Just being more, you know, being very, very aware. Yeah. Yep. Because at the end of the day, you don't owe anyone anything. And if you really don't, but if it is also helping you process and heal and, um, and it's a positive thing for you, then there's no reason for you to, not do that either exactly I think and and just leaving space for that to wane like come and go Mm -hmm. like some years you're gonna feel more motivated than others Mm -hmm. uh I think the older I get the more I just don't feel invested in sharing a lot of my journey Mm -hmm. because it's very personal and as we know people have very strong opinions about what adoptees do especially and I just don't feel like I need to make space for those opinions. And mm-hmm. um, every time I share, though, in the, with the, within the adoptee community that, that I do feel safe in, I feel super supported. And um, yeah, that's never, you know, it, it hasn't created for me the tension that I think it would have. And part of that is because again, I feel safe, but part of it is because I, I think the older you get, I just think it's normal to not really give a crap what people think about you as much. Mm. And I, I definitely noticed that with myself. I also think I'm a mom, I'm a business owner times three. Like I don't have time for this. Like, yeah you know, I, I want to be living my life. And that's the point of this is for us to be living our lives and not just like, you know, living in the trauma. I don't know. What do you you think about what's the difference between now for you handling nom versus when you maybe first discovered uh, the Uh, adoptee Graham? Yeah, I think to be quite honest, when I first started on Instagram, I really set out to have my voice heard. And I think that I was not, well, I will say this. I I didn't have a plan. I mean, you can just like look at my account from the very beginning and see even the design of it. I had no plan. I was like, hmm, okay, I'm just going to say things. Um, Whereas now I've... I've seen a lot of people come and go uh, in and out of the space. Totally respectable. Um, Understand it. It is a very weird space to be in because I just feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like people... Hmm. How do I say this? I I think that the expectations that I had when I was first starting out no longer mean anything to me. And Mm -hmm. now, 
you know, now I've met a lot of adoptees out like from that space in person. And, um, and I love that community. Um, and not to say that it can't keep growing. Cause I feel like, you know, it'll always keep growing, but I wish that I just wish I, I could do more sometimes like in, in, I kind of hate saying in real life, but it really is like, I wish I saw people in person and we could, um, we could do things, but I also like completely acknowledge my own, like where I'm at in my life. And I'm like really struggling with social anxiety and, you know, just even getting outside of my home. Yeah. And that's been, been like, been like that for years, but like even fully knowing I want to do more. And at the same time, I probably can't do anymore. Yeah. Is hard, but Nam feels less, less of a big deal to me. Yeah than it did three years ago. I know I'm noticing this year that I think there are a little bit less of those posts going around where everyone needs to tag all the adoptees that they yeah. recommend. And honestly, I'm kind of grateful for that because that to me really felt like a popularity contest for some people. Mm. If you're not mm-hmm. tagged in that your content doesn't matter or I don't mean, it could just feel that way because when we're, I think being left out is a huge trigger for a lot of adoptees. And so I'm kind of yeah. glad that we're past that point maybe, or at a different, we're just, we've evolved differently mm-hmm. as a community. Um, and because, because it does not matter to me if you have zero followers and you're posting your experience as an adoptee, or if you have 10,000 followers, or if you do have done this for years, or you're just starting, or if you're 18 or you're, 39 or 69 or whatever, right? Like I don't I just think all of those like demographics don't make a difference and I think social media preys on demographics, mm. right? Like like you said, yeah. content over person, like the person. Yeah, I think you know, again, like a lot of things mattered to me back then than it that that doesn't. And I I I think also what you said like the community evolves, but we evolve so much too. Yeah. And like, I, I remember saying yes to every opportunity possible. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I I've literally had to say, I'm so sorry. I do want to, it's actually been a dream to, to even think of that possibility, but I am not in a, I'm not in the right not even in the right headspace. I'm, it's just not the right time. And being able to, um, kind of realize what my priorities are in the last year or so has really helped me narrow down on what is important to me. And like, I don't care. I, I guess I've always been kind of this person of like, in the grand scheme of life, does this, does this matter? Is this value to to the world? And 
also, <laughs> and this is very much my apathy <laughs> uh, side extreme, where I'm like, you know what? Things just don't just don't matter. Who the f cares? <laughs> we only have so much time, energy, whatever. Yeah, right. Right. You know, it's funny. I had a moment yesterday. I thought about talking about, and I'm a little. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Like I'm a little nervous to kind of talk about this, but I think it's really important. Um, so I'm. I think people probably that listen know, but I'm 39. Katie and I are the same age. We're only a month apart. So it's true. We're going to be 40 next year. It's a big one. I know. People keep reminding me. I know. know. You're like, okay, get it. (laughs) Anyway, but you know, I moved here a year and a half ago and we're farther away from family and I've never had a super close relationship with my adoptive parents to begin with. I think one, they're from the boomer generation. And I just think that communication is different with different generations. People communicate differently, but they've also never really like made an effort. I think for that matched up what I maybe expected or what I would do with my child. And we've gone back and forth about that through the years. We've, we've had many conversations, um, And I just don't really think things ever change in that regard. And now that I'm a mom myself, like I said, my priorities and the things I care about, like those things are very different. Um, And so, you know, it was Thanksgiving recently and I realized I made it through a whole day and I didn't call my parents. And it, to me, goes without saying they didn't call me because they're not great about that. Like I said, it's not like they never call me. It's just like those expectations don't match a lot of the time. but I just, and, and the only thing that really was driving me to call them was this, the, like an old, very old feeling sense of obligation, you know, mm. where it's just like, we just don't have that relationship. I can hit my head against this brick wall for another 40 years. If I want, it's going to be the same brick wall. Right. Um, or I can accept that this is the relationship that we have and it's okay And do I need to force a square peg into a round hole or do I just need to remind myself that my job in life is not to exceed my parents' expectations or be this perfect daughter or fill in the gaps that maybe they're not filling in the way that I wish they were. That's not my job, you know? And it was just a really big moment for me where I sat there and I was like, okay, am I going to give in to this like internalized pressure of, of obligation and, and make this phone call that I don't really feel like is my job to do all Mm -hmm. the time. Or do I just want to let that weight go and just Mm -hmm. put that down, you know? Yeah, I have a, okay. So I have a question and you don't have to answer, of course. Um, How did you get to the point of obviously getting to that point, that point of saying like, I no longer have to feel this way out of obligation. And obviously the years prior, you did make those Mm -hmm. phone calls out of obligation. Yeah. But how did you get to like, what was the journey like of, of working through I guess, working towards that healing and working through the pain of coming to a reconciliation of it may just never be what I want it to be. Yeah. I think 
this is for me in my, in my experience is at the crux of a lot of adoptee adoptive parents relationships for both going Mm -hmm. both ways, that it's not what you expected, or it's not what you wanted. And we don't talk about it because it's kind of like, you know, we're supposed to be focusing on love and like the narrative, right? Like, oh, now everything's fine. And the reality is that that's not true for a lot of adoptive families. Like there's a, there's a mesh fit element to it that just is missing. You're not quite understanding each other. And I have experience with my biological family to know that it, I think that's part of it for me as I've been in reunion now for five years. And I, my mom, my biological mom just understands me at a level that my, my adoptive parents never have. I, it would be hard to argue that that's not a genetic thing because I didn't mm. know her until I was 35. So, you know, it's like, yeah, it's just easier. And it's not that way with every per- member of my adoptive family. I mean, that's every family, of course, like it's not always that easy, but we're just very fortunate that we understand each other in a different level. And that when I, every attempt that I've made at communication and like healthy understanding and trying to set boundaries, I've been met with respect. I've been listened to. I've been, if there isn't an understanding, there's a desire to understand. And I haven't had that experience with my adoptive parents. Mm. And, and I, like I said, I've really tried and tried and tried and it's not, and I'm not going to sit here and say they haven't tried. Cause that's not true, sure. but it's not the same. Um, it's just not the same outcome. And I, and I also don't see them. They don't have that same sense. They don't follow through with that same sense of like obligation that I had been for years, mm. you know? And mm-hmm. when I turned 18, there was, it felt like there was a pretty big, like severance there for them. Like if I was kind of out of sight, somewhat out of mind, and that is nothing to say that I they don't care about me or whatever. It's just, again, my expectations of like what, how my parents should be there for me have not been met for now most of my life, right? And mm-hmm. so when you're not a child anymore, which by the way, we get treated like children way past the point of being children as adoptees, mm-hmm. that, you know, um, do you have, do you, you, I ask myself, do I need to keep working this hard for not what I feel I deserve Mm. Mm -hmm. is the amount of effort I'm putting into this relationship, giving me back what I feel like I need. Those are the questions I ask myself and it's not a one and done. That's the thing. I think people don't understand. There's a cutoff thing. There's a, people are like, Oh, I cut my parents off. That's not a permanent thing. A lot of the time, it's a decision that you continue to make. And I've mm. I've cut my parents off for like short amounts, short periods of time because I've been really like hurt by them not being able to match those needs that I have. Um, but I think I've just reached a different level of acceptance. And, you know, they've both said, oh, I know, we, I know we don't call enough and I know that and, and but they don't change their behavior. And to me, it's like, well, your, mm. your actions matter more than what yeah. you're you intend to do. And if you're not going to meet that intention, then I'm not going to bend over backwards either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I think that this, that especially now 
it's such an important conversation to have because of the holidays coming up. Yes. And how difficult it is um, to, with a lot of people, not just adopt adoptees, but anyone, how difficult it is to go home um, or be with family for so many different reasons. And I also think it's really important to highlight what you said, which is that the cutoff point isn't necessarily permanent. And I think that that is a really valuable piece to listen to, because I think we, I think when we hear that, we just automatically think, oh, well, they're just never in touch. Like it's such a huge life decision, which it is a big decision, but, um, you know, when it's backed with permanently, that's kind of what you assume is, is like, I'm never going to have that relationship. But the truth is, is that it's a lot of conversation that's involved and it's a lot of decades of conversation. Yeah. And it's a lot of evolution. Yeah. And I, I've met a lot of adoptees. I've actually met a lot of non-adoptees recently. Um, but the conversation always kind of goes in the same direction um, who have had difficulties with family and either are or have already considered um, estrangement from family. And, you know, I always go back to like exactly kind of how you described, you kind of have to make this conscious choice of, is it worth all of the time, the effort, the hurt, like the reoccurring hurt. Yeah. Because you have an expectation of how someone should behave or think, not even think, but just more so behave. Um, and and they don't meet that. And when you communicate it and it's not being met, it it is like, but but and I want to know this is how you show I had I'm going to pose this like hypothetical question to potentially non adoptees who are listening to this. Um, but I want to know why it is their first reaction to ask me, well, don't you have a relationship with your parents? Why don't you like they put that burden on me, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't hear people do that in the same way to biological children. I think they do. But I think it's a different it's a different yeah. thing, but there's always like, well, like if I tell people that I'm in reunion with my birth mom, like I've said this before, people are like, oh, well, what about your adoptive parents? And it's like, okay, what about them? They're adults mm-hmm. like this. I'm even having this convert, this experience internally right now where I'm like, this is our podcast. We get to talk about our adoptee experience. And I still feel this, this like push to try to protect them because that's how I've been socialized by the adoption mm. narrative my entire mm-hmm. life is that I'm supposed to protect their emotions yeah. and their needs. But the the thing the thing that I'm saying here that I want to be very clear at is my uh, parents are parents, right? Like no, none of us are perfect. I say that as a parent, like I, there's a laundry list of things I have not done perfectly. And it is never a child's responsibility to take care of a parent's emotion mm. ever. Mm-hmm. And that has been the expectation from the outside world. And I think in some, in some respects, my adoptive parents, my entire life is it's Mm -hmm. my job to take care of their emotions. It's why even when we do talk and do have a relationship and do, you know, I see them, there is always an extra burden there because they still expect that from me. I've played into that 
it's a hard pattern to break, mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Um, and they're not bad people. Right. That's not what this is about. It's yep. just that it's not my job anymore. It never was. Yep. yep. Yeah. It is a heavy burden. And, and I think as, as an adoptee, I think that exactly what you said earlier, which is that obligation that we carry to protect our parents feelings and their actions and um but I think it all you know I think it really all comes down to the fairy tale narrative when non-adoptees say that well what about your yeah parents it's like (laughs) do you know any of my story (laughs) yeah you don't know any of my story that's the problem well and you're assuming that my parents have met all of my needs or maybe what if I came from an abusive household? You don't know that. You don't yeah. know. I mean, you. Don't, here's the thing. We've we've seen way too many instances in the media and otherwise where adoptive parents have actually abused or worse mm-hmm. their adoptive children. You don't know. And unfortunately, I think most of the adoptees that I've connected with did not have healthy households growing up with their adoptive yeah. family. Same. That's more Same. common than not. And that is something people are not ready to confront, but it desperately needs to be confronted because if you are going to uphold this like toxic positivity narrative of adoption, you're also, you need to know what you're upholding, right? You're upholding just, okay, I, we did our one social worker visit. Now everything's fine. So you never, you like, that's it. Yeah. 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 I always, whenever I get a discussion with non-adoptees that is something that I do bring up intentionally which is that uh, people assume that things are completely okay um, in the home and you just really like just because someone is okay on the outside does not mean that they are okay on the inside. And money and doesn't equal any kind of security other than financial. Yeah. Half the time, sometimes it doesn't even equal financial security. Money is money, people. Money yeah. does not equal safety. It's true. And that adopt uh, that in my own experience of interacting with adoptees, it is unbelievable the number of adoptees that do not have any relationship or some uh, or not close at all to their parents any yep. longer. Yep. And it's just a common truth. Yep. And it is an outlier if you do have a close relationship. I have a very close relationship with my parents, but I never take that you know for granted. I I know that that is a very rare uh, experience. Yeah. Um, and that's really important to talk about too. Um, I think you're very gracious about how you talk about that. I, I've never once as a person who maybe I wouldn't characterize mine as like overwhelmingly positive. I don't know that I actually feel comfortable putting any kind of like label on mine, I guess, but it's just complicated, I guess that's the label. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you've always been very gracious about I think the way you include your mom is amazing. I think we need that. People need to see what a healthy relationship looks like. Mm-hmm. Frankly, that's a really yeah. important thing too. Yeah, I think that it's very special. I, you know, I've always thought my mom 
and my dad were parents of many people. You know, I've just kind of always thought that whether they were adopted or not. And um, just, I don't know. I, I think because it was just always easy, I, I always brought people <laughs> home with me, like for the holidays and, you know, for our dinners, whatever. And, and I just always felt like, you know, if this could be a place where someone could rewrite a memory of I love that a holiday with a family that they're not going to ask you a lot of questions right we're going to have a good time so it and sounds eat a like, lot of food it sounds like your parents did and if i'm if i'm wrong i have actually have not met katie's parents yet and that i would like to give I katie's mom a hug yeah i definitely Aww. need to meet them but um it sounds like your parents did a pretty good job of kind of containing their stuff and leaving space for you and your stuff and letting you know that they're there. Yeah, I I think for the most part, I mean, we definitely had our normal tension, normal blowups, you know, of, of defensiveness. Um, But yeah, we, we have always been able to eventually get to a point of, of productive conversation and understanding. Yeah. Um, and and I think again, it takes a lot of work. And yeah. and the thing is, is that you have to decide: is it is it worth all the stress, right, and the discomfort, and and all of that? And sometimes it is not. No, and that's the thing: people need to understand that it it has to be a choice to walk away from some some any situation that is not healthy for you you mm-hmm. everyone on earth deserves that choice mm-hmm. adoptees you deserve that choice and walk away doesn't have like we've been saying it doesn't look like one thing or another it just yeah. you decide what that is but if there's not space for you and how you feel and what you need um that's not safe that's not okay yeah. and and you know, I, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm feeling very passionate about this today. That's why I'm like going on one. I apologize. <laughs> podcast is I like, like 90% it. me talking right now. I apologize. Uh, but, I like it. But yeah, I, I like mean, I, I want the ability to exist on this earth without the added burden, which has been extremely heavy my whole life of taking care of adults who are supposed to take care of me. Yeah. That's supposed to be the foundation is that they're caring yeah. for me. And I've been asked to essentially accept less than what I understand now I deserved, but mm-hmm. it took me a long time to get to that point. And mm-hmm. it's, I'm not going to lie. It's uncomfortable saying this on something I know is going to be live on the internet, but I'm not really saying this for anyone other than adoptees you know what I mean like I needed someone to let me know that it was okay to yeah to put it down not carry it anymore yeah I think that giving yourself permission to do that to have safety and to have um that normalcy and the the burden lifted Mm -hmm. is a basic right absolutely and we don't necessarily have that from the beginning we have to figure it out later in life and and 
go through the whole like bullshit of obligation and have to like measure it all out with measuring cups Mm -hmm. and you know it's just so much so I I have no doubt that there will be many that listen to this that will find the permission that they have actually been looking for within themselves because of what you say and And your own story something that freed me and if it's helpful great other people's reactions to you setting boundaries says everything about them and nothing about you. Yep. Agreed. Especially in a world right now where we talk about boundaries a lot. Outside of adoptee spaces, inside adoptee spaces, boundaries are just, I mean, like we're at a point where it's just, they are essential to have. Yeah. And so, yeah, those that push back, that's not really them. about you. That's not about yeah. you. And you, again, like it is hard for us, I think, to set it down, to set down other people's expectations. And, you know, I spent a way too long in life caring about what other people think and the freedom of being able to say, okay, like I, it, it's almost like I had to hear it enough times for my brain to be like, okay, I remember that. And then it had to like find its way down into my body and like, okay, now it needs to find a place to sit in my body. It needs to live there, it needs to mm-hmm. make itself at home and feel familiar to me so that I can access that when I need it because it happens a lot you know that's how I feel a lot about friendships and people have asked me about specific friendships that I used to have well why don't you you know you could make the first step and I'm like but do I need to yeah I mean that person could also make the first step and not to make this sound like it's out of stubbornness but when I weigh the pros and cons Again, exactly how you described, it is not worth my emotional safety or um, or just seen versus not seen. And yeah. like, believe me, I understand how to problem solve. I understand that it takes humility to acknowledge like your part. And I do on those parts, but I also am okay saying, even though it hurts like hell at different points, I can honestly say I am okay not having them yeah. there. Yeah. Versus having them there and having that existing stress of 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 having this obligation. No, it's better to, you know, build bridges it is better to build bridges but it's also like it doesn't have to be a burning flaming bridge (laughs) you know (laughs) that you have to rebuild every time yeah right yeah like it it doesn't mean that there's this huge bridge like here's the thing we just because things have been hard for us at the beginning because I don't hear a lot about I mean we don't talk a lot about this but you know, adoptive children at at any age can have a hard time really like bonding with adoptive parents. Right. And that Mm. can kind of be a foundation for us. Um, but just because something in your life was hard, whether that be a relationship with family does not mean that that's the blueprint for every relationship you need to have. Relationships don't have to always be hard. Yeah, It can be easy sometimes like Katie and I let's like fair, like full, honesty, Katie and I do not text every day. Katie and I text like sporadically, very, both of us do. We're not great about like 
constant contact, which is, but she's still my best friend, right? It's like generally because, let me just set the record straight. <laughs> it is generally because Laura has sent me a text and I respond in my brain. Yeah. And then four days later, I look at my text messages like, and then I think, huh? I no, I do that, that exact in a while. same thing. Then to I you. go back yes. and see that they have that Laura has sent me something, and I just never responded. This is why this. And this honestly, life. I do the exact same thing to you. So this Terrible. is why we understand each other. Yeah, there is a deep empathy. <laughs> yes, we also need we need to live across the street because that's well, that's, that's the only way we probably, would probably probably really, the best. Yeah. Okay, can we just quickly talk about? We cannot have this episode without discussing yeah. your new business. Oh, you okay. First of all, the adoptee <laughs> community showed up and showed out for Woo-hoo! us. Okay. We have 23 orders. Oh my Crazy. gosh. Not all of them are from adoptees, but they're from family. They're from friends, but a lot Love. of the friends are from adoptee friends. So oh. you guys are incredible. Thank you, Katie. And thank you everyone for supporting us. So my, my first mom and I started, um, an apothecary company. So we're doing soy candles, body butter, sugar scrub, lip balm, uh, car diffusers. They're super cute. Um, we've got, yeah, they're super cute. Mm -hmm. Um, we've got a lot of stuff coming and it's really fun to be creative together. And, um, we've been so overwhelmed with support (laughs) and, um, we sold out of a couple things, which is crazy. Whoa. I know. So it's been amazing. I, I built a Shopify website in like two weeks. I don't recommend doing that because no sleep is sleep Important. was hard. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. a lot, but we did it and we're here and I just, That's yeah. Fair. Thank you so much. Thank you. Katie. So can I ask you a question about it? Yeah. Is your mom who I've only interacted with online, mm-hmm. who just seems wonderful. She yes. was m- moving like what, two weeks after I came? Yeah. So, yeah. June, June yeah. 1st. Yeah. So, is your mom as creative as you are? Yes. Yes. Wild. She's creative and she's also super organized and, um, and, I think we're very similar in a lot of ways. And we wanted to create this business because we wanted to do fun things together. And we made some candles and we were like, these are really good, actually. Um, I've bought a lot of candles from places that have a really like synthetic kind of fragrance scent. And I really didn't Uh like that. And so we wanted to try to use really um, like essential oils and natural oils so that they don't give that like kind of, I don't know, toxic kind of (laughs) scent in your home no big Um, deal (laughs) yeah but she and I are very creative together and I think like she has an amazing idea coming down the pike that I'm super excited to announce um and around like after the holidays um so yeah I mean it's just fun and like yeah we have a super solid relationship um we're navigating the stress of all of this um Mm -hmm. but it's it's fun and it's yeah it's really cool like to have a relationship with family that's not that doesn't feel complicated it just doesn't yeah I love that yeah 
Also, you look so much like your mom. It helps. It helps me look like, very alike. Every time I see a picture of you and then it like in your stories and then it goes to your mom, I'm like, I have to like shake my head and go back and look at it again. Kind of feels like someone put one person in a time machine and like, yeah, just fast forwarded yeah. a little bit, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. 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 wild yeah um so congratulations thank about you that. like thank that's you. so freaking exciting and i if will you all say don't... oh sorry go ahead sorry if, if you all don't know laura and her mom has a store and go to what's the account the blue bear blue, blue bear, bear apothecary um, i just can't say that word i know i, I just <laughs> I don't I know pause every time <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i we can we can link it below um but we've been very overwhelmed and on behalf of my mom who obviously is not here to speak for herself but i know she would say just thank you so much for the support and it means the world to both of us um but yeah it's cool and we have some really you know um ways we want to give back too so those will be fun as well yeah so i just wanted to be the first customer and And it was two o'clock in the morning she did it it's two o'clock in the morning didn't even see the discount code either because I was half asleep and I was you're like, so sweet. I'm going to buy this. Well, your, your box will be shipping on Monday. So, oh yeah, I already got the email today. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> We're all figuring all of this out. So I appreciate everyone's yeah. understanding, but yeah. Thanks. Um, how is, yes, yeah. go ahead. I need to know how Luna is. Mm. Um. Oh, she's not behind me. Well, I, I don't know where she is. Um, Luna is, uh, very much the same. Okay. Um, I, I ordered her a new bed, right. And, um, this is when I was, uh, living at my parents' house for like three weeks while they were on vacation. Yeah. Ordered her this beautiful, like donut bed oh and it's supposed to help with anxiety and I was like oh yeah she's gonna get it all and um I was tracking it and went out to the front porch and it was this box that was three quarters uh the size like it was almost as tall as me about three quarters of oh my gosh I'm five foot seven so um yeah so I was like this is the biggest bed I've ever seen I could ever imagine in my life well, and Amazon ended up sending me um they sent me four total yeah three on accident and so I called them being the good rule follower I am and they were like yeah just keep it and I was like oh my god <laughs> like it's so much so now yeah. Luna has a, a bed in every room of so your apartment <laughs> she does have yeah we kept two and then I gave two to the to her doggy daycare um but yeah she's living her best life her dream life you know I love it I, love I know that for her gosh I love that I keep her. getting her blankets too you look you seem better to me like you feel better I know first of all yeah. Let's round of applause. Pa- Patrick, will you please insert applause here for Katie's <laughs> AC? Is it AC? Am I saying that right? What is it? Oh, A- A1C. A1C. A1C numbers yeah. have been yeah. incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I I knew that they would probably be good. Um, if you all did not see on any of my social media, um, 
A1C is a blood test that kind of tracks um, the last three months of your blood sugar and it's in percentages. It can, the, the doctors always say anywhere below 7% mm-hmm. is great. Um, 6% is the best under 6%. Um, mine has been over the spectrum just like for, for years. Um, last year was the highest it had ever been. It was 14%, um, which meant that my blood sugars were around like four to five hundreds consistently. Like that's where I was living. And, um, so in January, I got my continuous glucose monitor in August, I got my insulin pump and it was progressively going down. Um, and in April it was at 9% and I knew that my next appointment was in November. So I knew that it was going to be hopefully good, uh, but it was 6.8%, um, a couple of weeks ago. So that's really exciting. Um, people have asked me if I feel any different and I, I really don't yeah. <laughs> I feel pretty much the same. Um, I, I'm waiting to see if the neuropathy in my, in my legs and my feet will go away. But at this point there, you know, I just get lots of shocks in my feet. Um, and hopefully as the blood sugar kind of stabilizes, um, it will get better. Hopefully. Yeah. I don't know. Is that pretty common for people that suffer for, with diabetes and yeah, I mean, neuropathy is definitely a, a symptom that you do not want to have at okay. any point. Um, it's, it's, you know, feet is a, there, that's a big thing of, yeah. of lack of circulation and, okay. and why some people can get their feet amputated. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a big deal, but, um, I really didn't start having it until last year. So, um, so yeah, kind of waiting on that. Um, but, great numbers my bell's palsy has gotten it looks better, better. yeah i can yeah. see you and it looks better <gasps> you can see teeth yes i can see your teeth would you smile yay yeah um yeah so it's getting better um i'm still kind of slurring a little bit but you sound it's way better to me yeah um, yeah 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 um so yeah health wise i think things are are getting there um but I think what, you know, it just never ends. Like the health yeah. stuff just never ends. Sure. I think the next thing that I want to address is, is ADHD. I think that that impacts me more than I think, um, or realize and would really like to start on some medication. Um, cause it's been untreated for a long time. I just yeah. have it. That was just at yeah. the bottom of my list. Yeah. But. Yeah. What about you? How's your health? Pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I feel you on that ADHD. I think, I think I'm, I think I'm right behind you on that, that I I might want to get that addressed. Um, but it's funny because like sometimes the hyperfixation thing that I do with ADHD Mm -hmm. really helps me (laughs) like a lot. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. sometimes it's super helpful that I have that. And so there's a part of me that's like, I don't know, do I want to go down this road? And is that gonna like, cause I, I don't know. It's like, 
I'm at this weird sort of impasse with that where I'm like, okay, is it, is it worth it to invest the energy in trying to manage that and change things? Or is it because things really are okay right now? You know, I'm kind of like where, I don't know where I'm at with that right now. Um, but it's been, I think life in general has been a little imbalanced because we opened a new business and (laughs) literally like a month six weeks, you know, no big deal. Yeah. So that has just been imbalanced. And now things I think are just going to calm down a little bit with that. But, um, I don't know. I'm, my health is good. My, um, uh, my mental health feels good. I feel like I'm able to be more positive, uh, genuinely positive versus needing to like put on a happy Mm. face. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I need still need to, if I'm going to be this busy, which let's be honest, I will, <laughs> <laughs> I still need to work on being intentional about, um, finding a mindfulness practice. Um, right now that looks like going to sort of a yoga Lottie's class three times mm-hmm. a week and, and really trying to be present. And, you know, usually when you do yoga, they're like set an intention. I've been trying to do that, you know, and just have my intention to be present and be there for me. Um, and that's been pretty good, but I think, um, I've pulled so many different directions that I still need to carve out a time for myself during the day Mm. at home Mm -hmm. because my son needs me. My business needs me. My dog needs me. My husband needs me the house needs me, you know, it's like, there's always something. And so just being able to sit and not do something Mm -hmm. is something I need to work on. So, yeah. Yeah. I think of it as like a nine to five job of like trying to do your life. And so I put on my calendar, the times that I'm going to the gym um, and just mark it off as if yeah. it were a meeting. Yeah. It's a good idea. Like, not available. Mm-hmm. And that's been really helpful. That sounds really good. I think it's hard because I can't schedule my son. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, yeah. kids need you when they need you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> if I try to schedule something right now, it doesn't feel very like real life. Yeah. It's you not know? probably. Yeah. But, um, maybe it's just taking the moments when they're there, you know, Yeah, and that's okay. Absolutely. I don't, I don't really need another thing to like create, try to cram in every no. single day, every, you know, like, it's just not how life works. No, it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, we forgot to mention Katie yes. started a new Instagram page. I'm, did we talk about that last episode? I think we did. We talked about that last episode with Rebecca, well, right? Which one? Because I have so many right now. I, yeah. You're so young. Is that how you say it? So young. Oh, yeah. So young. Well, so young wellness. wellness journey. Yes. So yeah. um, we'll be sure to link that below. Katie's been going into more detail about like your health, following that health journey and managing the diabetes. And yeah. also you just said going to the gym. I think that's something new that we hadn't talked a lot about on the podcast. Yeah. Started going to the gym. Um, really it's just bar class twice mm. a week. Love it. And that bar is hard. Bar is really dude. hard. It's really hard. 
kicks my ass. And like, uh, it's so frustrating because you're standing there and you do like the tiniest little movement and you're like, this hurts so bad. Why does this hurt so bad? Dude, when, when I was doing, it was like a pretzel move and they were like having you lift up your leg. I was like, no, nah, no nah, girl, my leg doesn't lift. Like there's not even a space between Somebody. this leg and the floor. Somebody going to come it lift will not that move. for me or... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I love it because like the majority of the class, um, they're like, it's an older population and then some younger. And I, I really love that. And I feel uh, like the Thursday class just kills me oh. because it's more, it's more Pilates and yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the Tuesday class is more ballet and yeah. core. Yeah. Um and and a little and it dives into pilates but i found that yoga is actually the hardest thing for me to do as opposed to pilates and ballet yeah it's hard um the yoga yeah like i don't know if it's just the stretching or just the poses i could Mm -hmm. never Mm -hmm. execute them the way that they look yeah we do we do we do it in a, we do that like yoga Lotties combo and we do it in a heated room. Oh Lord. 80, yeah. it was 87 in there the other day. I thought I was going to die. Yeah. So I hot. think I probably would actually die. Yeah. You would hate it. Yeah. Katie doesn't like I to would. be hot. Everyone. I don't, I don't no. like to be unexpectedly sweaty. No. Mm-mm. And that is hard to avoid people. Yeah. Yep. Very hard. Especially when you live in Kentucky. <laughs> well, Yes. <laughs> um yeah so this instagram account yeah just i have so many but really it it was a part of like i like compartmentalizing things sure and um and my health journey seems very it's very connected to everything that i am yeah um but i like having a space where i can just talk about that yeah and yeah. And it's been really helpful and, um, very different for me, like, and the calendar thing for me, putting it on my calendar has really forced me to go. Um, cause I'm like, Oh, well I carved out this much time for it. So gotta go. Yeah. Um, and that's been really helpful. It's really, uh, been positive for me. And I feel confident going in because I know exactly what to grab. I know I see familiar faces. And um, even though I'm still not good at doing like half of the things in there, it feels nice to like not have this undying fear that I am like going to do something wrong or something dumb. Like I've already been there way too many times yeah I'm not the new person anymore so yeah it's been really helpful and really good I love that and it's I think compartmentalization is is healthy and I think especially for people who are neurodivergent like us it's really helpful to have a dedicated space for things you know yeah and just give yourself that um kind of that's that uh motivation to like 
keep it up. And, um, I know, I know for both of us, like relationships are really important too. And so having a social media page where people can interact with you, like that's, yeah, yeah, that's really good. It's it's really great. And it's different to go into a different space, like health and wellness, dear God. Yeah. That's a whole different thing. Um, from a very, uh, God, what is the word? I, like in Christian circles, you would say secular. Um, I don't know, like outside of the adoptee space, I guess. It's just very different, you know, when you're encountering people in, you know, that dedicate these huge accounts to just diabetes or just, you know, their their health. Uh, I don't know, just really different. Yeah. Very different spaces. Yeah, it is different. And it's nice to have different spaces because getting boxed in isn't fun for anyone. Yeah. Not fun. No yeah. fun. No. <laughs> well, um, well, friend, this has been really good. Thank you for uh, indulging me on my little rant today and every day that we record. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I don't think of it even as a rant. It's just like everyday conversation. It's true. That's why we are here. <laughs> well, That's I love true. you. I love you too. And, and yeah, we'll see y'all. I don't even know when this is coming out. Soon, I guess. We'll talk to Pat. Soon. Yeah. All right. But we'll yes, we'll see everyone. Enjoy the end of NOM. Take care of yourselves and we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. bye. bye.